We are dealing with 1 Peter chapter 2, part 3, living in a crisis. And the themes here in 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, and chapter 1. There's three basic themes, and it's salvation. And the next one is suffering. And the next one is subjection. And these themes you'll see kind of, they'll recur. They'll come back again and again. And uh, so you can kind of notice them. And that's what Peter wants to talk to us about through the Holy Spirit. So we're going to begin on verse 13 to verse 17. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 to verse 17. And crisis in the Greek means decision. So really, when we're living in a crisis, we need to make decisions. We need to make decisions. So Reverend Patterson had a had a procedure, and he uh, was under, not the weather, but under anesthesia, and the lady came out because I was the driver, and she goes, no decisions today. So you don't want to buy a new car or buy a house when you're still coming out of that, right? But So I'm driving Reverend Patterson home, and he says, this is my exit. And I almost went past his exit. So he's the guy that's not supposed to be making decisions, and he's the guy that knows where we're going. Maybe we should have switched seats. So, you know, sometimes you just need to make decisions, though. Even if you're going through things, we always need to make decisions. Life isn't perfect, right? Otherwise, I'd taken Reverend Patterson to Georgia, but we got him home because he helped us. So, so uh, a soldier and a citizen are sharing a cigarette in Soviet Moscow one evening when they see a man hurrying down the street. So we're dealing with making decisions as citizens. Hey, you there, stop, comrade, says the soldier. But the man continues to rush down the street. I said stop! And then the shoulder, uh, the, the soldier shoulders his AK-47. And the man continues to rush down the street. And uh, a crack thunders through the air. And the man falls to the ground, having been shot by the soldier. And the man smoking the cigarette said, Why did you do that to the soldier? Curfew, replies the soldier. And the citizen says, But curfew isn't for another hour. And the soldier said, Yes, but the man is a good friend of mine. I know where he lives. He couldn't have made it home in time. Living in a crisis. So the first thing, verse 13, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 to verse 17. <laughs> Making decisions. Hurry home after Bible study, okay? Before curfew. Uh, citizenship. Being part of a country. Paul, the Apostle Paul, what is a citizen of Rome? And citizenship gives you benefits of that country. And the, and the Bible said that when Paul in Acts chapter 22 is being beaten, he said, is it lawful for you to scourge or to whip a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? They just thought he was some Jewish guy. And then when the centurion heard that, he told the chief captain, take heed what you do, this man's a Roman. And... Uh, once they found he was a Roman, they let him go. Why? There was a benefit 
to citizenship. Well, America has some great benefits to citizenship. Do you know that if you're born here, your parents don't have to be citizens? You know if you're born here, you're a citizen? Pretty cool, huh? And that's not just for people that might scurry across the border, one of our borders. Do you know what some rich people do? And I had a friend, she's French, and uh, uh, in high school. And her parents took a vacation when her mom was pregnant. You know where they went? Hawaii. Where was my friend born? Hawaii. Oh, it was just an innocent vacation, or it was a gift of citizenship. So some countries allow for dual citizenship, and I said dual citizenship because tonight I was offered, well, I wasn't offered, but I could have been a citizen of the United States and I was born in Africa, so I could have been a citizen of Kenya. But there are also obligations. I would have had to serve in the Kenyan military and my mom said that Kenyans don't especially like certain folks to be part, you know, so it might have been harder for me. Really, really. I mean, it's life is that way. So anyhow, so I'm just an American, but I'm a dual citizen because uh, in Philippians chapter three, verses 20 to 21, it said for our conversation, Paul said, the word conversation comes from the Greek word for citizenship. For our citizenship, where? I'm a dual citizen. I'm an American and I'm from heaven. What do you say if you're from heaven? Heavenian? I mean, what do you, what do you call yourself? Christian. That's what I call myself. Because, uh, well, I'll explain. But it said, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 6, we're dual citizens. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So God made me a heavenly citizen, and God makes you a heavenly citizen. You have dual citizenship. And then it says, how do you do that? For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Didn't Jesus tell Nicodemus, ye must be born again? And you know that it's interesting, that's how you obtain citizenship in the United States. Well, it's also how you obtain citizenship in heaven, except you're born from above or born in Jesus Christ. So the Bible says, let's begin. First Peter chapter two and verse 13. So how to act or make decisions as citizens. He said, submit. There's one of the themes, right? Submission. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as Supreme or to governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. So it's interesting. Uh, the Bible says here that we are to obey the law. The Bible says in Romans chapter uh, 13, the Bible said, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. You know that the rulers, I won't say that they're godly all the time, but God allows them to be in power. And the Bible said uh, in verse 3, Romans chapter 13, in verse 3, 
For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. You know that leadership keeps order in our society, which allows for us to live our lives, to go to, I didn't have to avoid any roadside bombs or there weren't any roadblocks on the way to church. Why? Because there's police and there's different things. Well, you say, preacher, uh, how do the police get funded? Verse 7 of Romans chapter 13. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, Honor to whom honor. Pay your taxes. That's what God says. And you say, well, preacher, really? God says pay your taxes? That's what tribute and custom is. Have you ever heard of customs? Uh, a customs agent? They look to charge you for goods that you're bringing into the States. If you bring in a pile of stuff, that you'll owe a customs duty on it. But God wants us to be responsible citizens because now they might waste the taxes. That's, that's their problem. But it's my duty to pay my taxes. In fact... I just did. And then I paid to pay my taxes. It was like, and I get a deal, okay? I thank God. I got a severe discount, but I still paid, and it went up from last year. Glorious inflation, right? But uh, why do you do that? Because God said to be subject as a citizen, to be a good citizen. Now, I'm not trying to get on your case, but, you know, as a Christian, um, well, let me go. For so, verse 15, 1 Peter chapter 2, For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. So the first thing, it's the will of God, right? It's the will of God to do the right thing. Say, so why are you doing the right thing? Because I'm seeking you first the kingdom of God. If I have to pay taxes, I'm going to pay tax. If I have to, and, and I will do, I will do it for the little things. But uh, now if it comes down to serving a king that would break God's law, well, you know what Peter said? We ought to obey God rather than men. So I'm not telling anyone to disobey God. If I told my wife, hey, honey, put your mask on. Why? We're going to go rob this bank, right? No. You know, in COVID, it's the only time when you can put a mask on, go up to the teller and ask for money, and no one calls the cops, right? No, but my wife would be like, no, we ought to obey God rather than men. So we're not talking about disobeying God, but obeying things that we might not like to do because God wants us. Look, the second blessing of being a good citizen is it says here in verse 15, we put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. When you obey God and you're a good citizen, now I'm going beyond paying taxes, okay? If you act right out there on the job, if you act right in the place where you live, if they say no dogs, Christians ought not have dogs if they don't pay the deposit fee. That's what I'm saying. If they say no smoking in the apartment, we ought not to be doing that. Why? Because we want to put to silence those that are fighting against God, trying to nitpick our life to have an excuse that God isn't real. So I saw this guy years ago and I was uh, sitting in my work truck and it had the name of the business on the side of it. So I was a representative of the business. 
And the man said, do you work for uh, this guy? And I said, I sure do. And it was a guy that knew my boss. So he called my boss right in front of me. He said, hey, I got your guy here. He's drinking a six pack, you know, in your work truck. Six pack of what? Not Fresca, you know. Were you, preacher? Okay, well, let me tell you what my boss said. So my boss asked this guy some questions. And I couldn't hear the phone conversation. But when I got back to the shop, my boss said, once he realized it was me, he said something like this. He said, nah, not Adam. You know why? You know why he said that? Because I had lived my life in front of him. And brethren, when you live your life in front of someone, it's powerful. And it speaks a message. And in fact, uh, my boss, who was a Christian when I worked there, when I, when I left to become a full-time preacher, he kind of like rose up and started to do more for his church. And it's kind of like he put my work boots on for God in that business and began to reach out to people in his church and everything else. And I was like, wow, praise God. Well, you know what? People are looking at your life that you're going to obey the rules, not just taxes and different things. Well, do you like taxes? No. Do you like bills? No. Like the Medicaid lady wanted me to get Medicaid, Medicare, Medicaid, Medicaid. I get them mixed up. So, and she called me and, you know, I was different people. And, and she said, uh, hey, you want this? And I said, I don't want it. Thank you. Don't call back. You know, and she said, do you want to pay your bill? Because I had a large medical bill for my daughter being born. And I said, no, but it's my bill. <laughs> no, I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay all kinds of bills. I don't want to pay my apartment rent that's going up $250 in a month or so. But it's my bill. I don't want to pay $4.10 gas for my car that doesn't like to drink the, uh, uh, what is it, beer with the, my, mine likes the champagne, the Dom Perignon gas, okay? 93 octane. It just, I would not drink the uh, Czech soda gas. Really? I don't like it. I tell my wife, next car we get, 87, baby. 87, not 93. But what do you do? I buy it. You know, there's things I don't like to do, but I do. Why? And you know what? The things that you don't like to do sometimes, people are looking. Because you know what some people do? They just don't do it. Because they don't like it. But Christians are an example of the believer in the way that they live outside the church. Amen. So the Bible says, verse 16, as free Really free people and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. See, some Jews regarded themselves as free. Have you ever seen a YouTube video of a sovereign citizen? Check one out, okay? They get pulled over by the cops and they have all of this data and all this stupid nonsense. And they say, I'm not driving, I'm traveling. So they don't have to have a driver's license and they don't have to have a light, uh, insurance. And you know, and so eventually what happens is the cop busts their window out and like drags them out of the car and you know, they get tased and everything. But they basically think, well, I'm, I don't have to follow the rules. I don't have to do it. I can do what I want. Well, the Jews were the same way a lot of times. They said, we serve God only. We don't serve man. So they would use that as a, an excuse to rebel wherever they were and to be malicious in it. And... Just one as an example, there was a sovereign citizen of the day, maybe not exactly the same. Check it out on YouTube. They're funny videos. I like to see them get pulled out of their cars and tays. And they're all, they're all proud, too. 
They won't, they won't roll their windows down. They won't recognize the officer. They won't recognize their authority. They're God, basically. Well, do you know when Jesus was about to be crucified? Pilate said, who shall I release unto you? Jesus? And you know what they said? No! Give us Barabbas. Barabbas. Who was Barabbas? Now, the Jews were asking for him. He wasn't a Roman. He was a Jew. Well, what, was, what was he in prison for? Ooh. Mark chapter 15 and verse 7. And there were, was one named Barabbas. And it's interesting. You know what Barabbas means? It absolutely does. Bar means the son and Abba means father, the son of the father. So you have Jesus, the son of the father, and you have this wicked son of the father. Barabbas, the son of the father, which lay bound with them which had made insurrection. He rebelled against Rome because he didn't have to obey any stupid rules and had committed what? Murder came up behind some Roman centurion, slit his throat. I don't know exactly what he did in the insurrection. So God said, hey, don't use freedom in Christ to hurt and break rules. That's not the reason that we're set free in Christ. Now, some people, now, brethren, I'll serve God first and not man, but God didn't call me to run around here, so I have to stop for that red light. I'm a Christian, you know. No, you're an idiot. That's not what the Bible says. You might be a Christian idiot, but no, that's not right. Stop, right? Uh, or you might get all kinds of lights behind you, and it's not even Christmas. And if you get the reverse of a Christmas present, right? Or you get a picture in the mail with your car going through the light. Ask me how I know. And I was still late to work. <laughs> Amen. It affects preachers too. Amen. Honor all men, verse 17. Honor all men. My wife's grandfather said, you know everybody's name. If you know sir and ma'am. You know, like that, I heard an account, I think it was a true story, that this, this man held the door for this woman at Starbucks. And the woman, being a modern lady, said, I hope you're not holding that door for me because I'm a woman. And he said, no, I'm not. He said, I'm holding that door for you because I am a gentleman. You know that when we're Christians, we honor people not because who they are, but because of what Christ told us to be. And sir is just a term of respect. It doesn't make them respectable. It means I am offering you respect because God told me to honor you. And you know that there's a Bible passage. I was sharing with uh, Sean after church this Sunday. I said, my daughter's got a job. I said, what's her job? You know, and I, I, I was in the van with brother and I, I, uh, we were driving back from fellowship meeting and I yelled to the back. My daughter's in the back watching some video or something. I said, honey, I said, children. And she said, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And that's a, Ephesians chapter six, verse one. That's her job. That is her job. And it's not easy to obey your parents. So I'm sure all your kids just be like, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, all the time, right? <laughs> and my daughter puts out fire sometimes. What do you mean? Stomp, 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 stomp. Right? Trying to stomp 
stomp out the forest fire, right? <laughs> but, you know, I'm really thankful that uh, <laughs> the Bible also said we have a job. It says, honor your father and mother. Not obey. You're a grown-up. You don't have to obey them. You have to honor them. But it said it's the first commandment with promise. You do it. God promises you long life. God honors you with long life when you honor his word to honor your mother and your father. So if you know you're going to disagree about something, I try to not negotiate that and just show honor because that honors God. It honors God. And, you know, disagree about football teams or something like that, but honor them. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. We don't have a king, do we? We have a president. And I know it's a contentious political atmosphere and people have these bumper stickers, not my president! <laughs> you know what? He is my president. Regardless of whether you voted for him, I am a citizen of the United States. The president, whoever he or she is, and I don't care what your political party is, if you're a citizen of the United States, that is the leader of the country. And so, preacher, I didn't vote. Neither did half the country. But that's how it works every election, right? Half of the people are sad and half of the people are glad. But my, my Bible says, my Bible says, honor the king. Say, well, you're going to talk bad about this one or that one? I ought not. Because then I'll be wrong with God, right? I'll be breaking that. that that's the commandment of God. Amen? So, now, what if they're wrong or whatever? I'm have to, I, have to, I don't have to agree with them, but I have to honor the office. And that's what I'm going to do. So I made a decision as a citizen. So if you have any other questions about that, another time. So verse 18 to 25, making decisions as servants. Servants. I didn't want to be a servant. Well, I want to be like Jesus. Jesus laid aside his garments and washed the disciples' feet. He became a servant. He became a servant of others. There was an English lord that said to his servant, James, a glass of water, please. So James, the servant, said, Here you are, sir. Thank you, James. And about a second later, James, another glass of water, please. So the servant hurried up. Sure, sir, here you are. Thank you, James. James, a third glass of water, please. So James runs, Here you are, sir. And James is starting to sweat. Uh, and then uh, the lord said, Thank you, James. And then he said, James, please call the fireman. I don't think we can put out this fire on our own. <laughs> Servants, verse 18. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a good time as a Christian. I really do. <laughs> Servants, be subject to your masters. Now, we don't have masters. Uh, uh, down here as like a, a slave and a master, but they did back then. And let me tell you, there is slavery in the world in 2022. This Bible is not just for America, but what if I found myself in that position? Joseph was a slave, right? Israel was put into bondage in Egypt. How do you act? The Bible said, be subject to your masters with all fear. Yes, sir. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward, forward to the nasty ones. 
It's your attitude because of who you are inside. Like Reverend Keckel said, they put Paul and Silas in prison, but they still had joy. Why? They were free, even though they were bound on the outside. I'm going to show my freedom on the inside anyway. i tell this quick story, but I'll shrink it. There was a man, I don't know if it's a true story, but he was a slave in early America. And he had this joy, and he would always sing. And uh, so eventually his, his master would make his work harder and harder and it just wouldn't take the slave's joy away. And so eventually the master said, why do you have so much joy? I don't treat you right and you still have this like unshakable joy. And the man said, well, in my country where they took me from in Africa, my father's a king. He said, that makes me the son of a king. And he said, nothing you do can change that. You know, even if you find yourself in a rough position, you're still a son or the daughter of Jesus Christ. Nothing can change that. We need to keep our joy in rough circumstances. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it when you be buffeted for your faults? You shall take it patiently when you run the red light. Pay the ticket with patience. Who careth? You broke the law, right? That's what God said. That's not Christian suffering. But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. I've told my wife, let's just keep our heads down. You know, when things go kind of of sideways and even sometimes with brethren and different things, just keep your head down, take it patiently. And you know what? God will sort things out. I have a guarantee. God's going to sort everything out brethren everyone's going to stand before god and no one gets a pass all right except for the blood of jesus christ so god's going to work it all out nobody gets away with anything for hereunto were ye called because christ also suffered for us leaving us an example <clears throat> that's the reason that you should follow his steps the bible says in timothy endure suffering or endure hardness therefore as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You know how they, they select people for Delta Force, one of the most elite units America has? Long marches. They just send them out there, go meet, go to the point. How long is it? Just go. Get there by, you know, by, you know, three o'clock tomorrow. So they don't even know exactly how long it is. What are they doing? Testing their attitude in extreme endurance. Buds is the same, basic underwater uh, demolition seal training they just make them suffer they have something called hell week have you heard of that and they don't get much sleep and they they do all what are they doing see they if they can endure hardness and take it brethren that's how god trains elite soldiers too you got to endure it what well, do want to joseph didn't either but you see those prisoners chains we're preparing him for rulers robes god is preparing our character through the things that we deal with i don't have time for this but you know that we're going to judge angels who redeemed people that's what bible says so you're going to be working out disputes when you get up there you have to have some character maybe sister marlena is going to be like marlena take take these two and just you know get them straight you know really that so we have to be able i'm serious so paul said he didn't say men he said saints so saints are going to be doing that amen so whew, get ready to uh, be leaders who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he was on the cross, when he was being judged. 
When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. <coughs> you know, it's interesting. Um, there was one that could have thrown the stone that didn't have sin amongst him when the woman with adultery was caught. There was one that could have done that, but I'm thankful that Jesus didn't throw that stone because there's an incredible love and long-suffering in Jesus. The Bible said in verse 24, got two verses, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree on the cross, that we being dead to sin, that first thing, dead unto sin, I'm crucified with Christ, should live unto righteousness, God saves us so that we can made the righteousness of God in him, and then by whose stripes ye were healed. I'm going to read the last verse of scripture, then I'm going to come back to being healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. The third thing in verse 24 is that we might be healed. The Bible said that when they scourged Jesus, his blood began to flow. It was prophesied of in Isaiah chapter 3. What happened? Our healing began to flow. You know what's a following sign of believers? That they would lay hands on the sick. And what happened? They would recover. What did Jesus say? I'm going to prove to you that I can forgive sins. How did he prove it? There was a man that was paralyzed. He said, I'm going to prove my sonship. And he said that ye may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said, what am I going to do? I'm going to heal this man. And he did. He said, rise up. And he just went, Poof, and he got up. You know that uh, when that woman uh, uh, came to uh, get her healing for her daughter, you know what Jesus said? Let the children first be filled, the Jews, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the, to the, to the dogs, right? You don't want to take your kid's food. They'll try to feed the dog anyway with it if they don't like it, right? But healing is our food. That's what Jesus said. And I'm a child of God. When I was, I was I'm going to leave with this, but I was, I was joking about my back hurting and I couldn't get off the couch. I said, preacher, what do you do? I laughed about it. Why? I even said, I said, I am not hurt. <laughs> what were you saying? Healing is my, my bread. Amen. Healing is my bread. Jesus is my healer. And you know that by whose stripes you're healed. Brethren, I claim that. Why? Because it's a benefit of my citizenship in heaven. Amen? Making decisions as citizens, making decisions as servants. Let us dismiss in prayer. Uh, Sister Marlena, could you dismiss us in prayer? Hey, we'll see you Thursday. And isn't your anniversary tomorrow? You're like your real one? Yes. The one that I was part of, not the other one. Oh, both. Yeah, okay. Both? Okay, okay. The night. So, happy anniversary. Amen. You made it. One more year. Praise God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for bringing us to Bible study tonight, Lord. And all the challenges you needed so that we can hear your word and pastor can teach it to us. God, we let it find a lodging place in our heart and let us take it with us so that we can be able to share the gospel with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.